Hey guys, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend, a podcast about mental health and astrology. Have you guys ever had a bad day or felt so anxious to the point where you are struggling to find yourself in this vast society we call life? Not to worry, guys. I have felt this way too. The podcast interviews guests from college students to parents and even experts that talk about their journey to where they are in the present moment. So sit back and relax and remember that you are not alone. Without further ado, let's get started with today's podcast. Have you guys heard about Anchor by Spotify as being the easiest way to make a podcast? Let me explain. It's free. Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Best of all, when even hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, like I said before, Anchor is totally free. So pick up your phones, laptops, or whatever you use and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I hope to hear your podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Episode 31, titled A Compassionate Personality, talks about the story of Jess Acock, a professional therapist and coach. Jess gives great advice and insight about her own spiritual journey and also gives great advice to you guys about relationships and mental health in general. You can check out all of Jess's work on social media by checking the links in the show description. And also, before you guys can tune into the podcast, please like, rate, and subscribe to the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Your guys' ratings will help boost the podcast overall. But without further ado, let's get started with my conversation with Jess. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend. I am your host, Josh Sanchez, and I'm here with a very special guest, Jess Acock. Jess, how are you doing today and what's going on? I am doing amazing. Thanks, Josh, for having me here. Of course, anytime. And I will say, I will say, Jess, I really enjoyed you reaching out and wanting to come on and tell your story. And when it comes to this podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about everything, you know, whether that's work, relationships. It's all about finding your, yourself at the end of the day, you know. Um, so my first question for you, Jess, just really starting it off is when it comes to work, what are some passions that you have and what do you like to do for work? Yeah, so I am actually a therapist uh, in my corporate job. I also am a huge mental health advocate and consultant, and um, I also have a coaching business on the side. So I am very passionate about self-care and just kind of figuring out that balance between work and life that we all struggle with on a daily basis, it seems. <laughs> yeah. And and I will say, like, just adding to your point, I, I know for myself, like I'm trying, I'm on the road of becoming like a mental health counselor, you know, and for someone that is in the field, my next question, um, what do you think are some like 
common things that you see in people when it comes to mental health? I know you mentioned like self-care and stuff, but what are, again, just to repeat, like what are some just common themes that you see through your own personal work? Yeah. So most of the people that I work with are um, in my corporate, you know, clinical work as well as in my, my coaching work is kind of burned out, run down, um, not really taking care of themselves. Uh, I think in our society, we really focus on productivity and that kind of gets to be the detriment of ourselves and our relationships. And so it's kind of helping people realize where that line is and what's too much and how to kind of take back some of that power for themselves of being, being good with themselves before they give to other people, you know? Yeah, I, I can definitely relate to that. And I know you mentioned like burnout and stuff like that. Uh, definitely from someone that also takes on like a lot of projects, you know, and doing a lot of things, even for yourself as well, Jess, like for you, like being a therapist, corporate, also like doing everything that you need to do, you know, with that though, you need to understand and learn self-care, which leads me right to my next question. So just building off of that, what are some things that you do for yourself when it comes to self-care? Cause I know being a therapist, it's a lot of emotional work. Um, I'm definitely learning that through school now, but so what do you do Jess to really just take care of yourself and hit that mental reset button? It is a lot. So uh, can I just tell like a short story real quick? Oh yeah. The floor is yours. You can talk okay. about whatever. <laughs> okay, great, great. Um, So I always kind of like to go back to how I got to self-care because I did not get to self-care until I was later in life, you know, in my thirties after grad school and like starting to work at, I was working at an inpatient psychiatric hospital and it was seven days on seven days off. I was working 12 to 14 hour days. So as you can imagine, a, uh, a mental health hospital is not a good <laughs> environment <laughs> to begin with. Um, and then so many hours and so many days in a row for my introvert self, I struggled a lot. And um, it was a mentor of mine, my supervisor at the time for my license was like, hey, like how long do you think you can do this? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe like a, a year. And she was like, okay, well, what are you going to do until then? You know, like, how are you going to maintain yourself? And so that was really the point in time where I had to start taking stock of what I was doing that was helping to kind of refill my cup. And so to answer your question, my go-to things are, um, salt baths. I used to come home from the hospital and immediately get into the bathtub and like, just kind of like clear some of that energy that I had been picking up all day. Um, also really setting boundaries for myself. I started to take the, um, sorry, if you hear my cat in the background, um, I started to take Sundays as my day to literally do nothing. There was nothing on my schedule. There were no expectations for myself. Um, but that was the day that I could stay in my pajamas all day if I wanted to, or binge watch Netflix if I wanted to, or go to the beach if I wanted to. And I found that Sundays started to be my most productive day. Um, and my family started to really get understanding and get, get it that don't expect me to show up to something on Sunday. Uh, you can invite me. And if I decide to go, that's great. But don't expect me to show up on something. So it's really just setting those boundaries with the people that were around me and for myself was really super helpful. 
Yeah, and, and I will say, uh, Jess, that was just a really spot on answer. And I wanted to say also, like, thank you for sharing that journey a little bit as well. And just on a fun note, that, that cat that you have, by the way, is very beautiful. Um, <laughs> He's my baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's actually funny. Uh, my my girlfriend, uh, she has one of her cats. Like, she has a black cat as well. And we call, we call him Red Fox. Um, every time he hears my voice... He just he comes out of the woodworks because like he mm-hmm. loves he loves a man's chest. I don't know what it is, but like I'll just I'll pet him and stuff. And he and every time I see him, I'm just like, oh, like he's so excited to see me. So I know as yeah. we were recording, like I saw your cat. I was like, oh, snap, that's so cool. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> just came he does to, love yeah. to be the center of attention sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, but yeah, just continuing our, our conversation, because I, I really liked your answer as well, like realizing that like you needed a day where it's just your pajama day, you know, and even even with that, though, you realize like, hey, like I can be productive in this day, too, you know, and um, but that was a big step for, you know, for for you to take, you know, what it, what are that is taking that mental health day. And I definitely think that's something where a lot of people struggle with, because especially in, in this capitalistic society in the United States, you know, it, it's all about productivity, making money. And with that, you kind of lose yourself in this process. I feel like a lot of the older generation, they kind of just dealt with it. Whereas like now we're starting to see more people speak up on it and stuff, which leads me right to my next question for like you, Jess, I know being a therapist, what do you think has changed over time when it comes to mental health in general? Yeah. Wow. I love this question. Cause I think that there's been such a shift even in my, my life and my generation of not reaching out for help and people who just really don't, it's like, it's so taboo or it's so private. And like this idea that you shouldn't need to go out to somebody else and ask for help, um, has really, really shifted in the last, I would say probably 10 years of almost this spotlight being on mental health and being like, Hey, like if you're not doing this, there is there is something really wrong, like, because this, it should be like an essential piece of your health in general, you know? Um, and I really love that because it gives people this outlet to be able to say, Hey, I'm kind of going through something. I don't know if this is normal or not. And I need just to have somebody kind of reflect that back to me. And I think our families and our friends, and as much as we, we love them and we want to not necessarily have to reach out to other people. Um, They all have kind of their own agenda for us as well. So it's really difficult. Like it's subconscious. Like we, we tell people advice and we give people advice based on what we think that they should do versus what is really, truly good for them. And so having this kind of shift for mental health to become much more of a, 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 a dining room topic, I guess, or dinner time topic. Um, I love it because it allows people to realize, Hey, like I, a I'm normal because there's so many other people who are going through the same thing. Um, but also I can reach out to other people and I can, um, have someone who is going to reflect back to me things that I need to see versus my family who just kind of wants, their own idea of what I'm going to be like. 
Yeah, Jess, and I will say that was a really uh, spot on answer when it comes to that. And just building off of what you said, you know, like the difference between having a professional talk to you versus like family, no disrespect to family, like there's family members that are always great, you know, but like each family member does have their own bias when it comes to you because like they've seen you grow up, like they've seen the positives of you, they've seen the negatives of you. So with that, they're going to have their own little bias. Same with friends, loved ones, whereas like with a therapist, you know, you're talking to someone that is a professional someone that you've never even met before like this person comes in with no judgment no not nothing to really like discredit you you know you're just talking and and trying to figure out the next steps you know so just really wanted to to build off of your point I, I definitely think that's like the distinct difference between someone going to therapy and someone just going to friends and asking for advice and stuff like that um, my, my therapist for me, uh, as we're, as we're talking about therapy, you know, um, my therapist, he mentioned a great question for me and it's like knowing your limits, you know, and I know you mentioned a lot about like burnouts and stuff. Why do you, I know you mentioned a little bit when it comes to like society and how we're raised, we're raised to just go, 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 and not really is like productivity be as productive as possible that like we kind of lose ourselves. But besides that, like, what are some other trends that you really see? I know you mentioned like burnouts through like your own personal work. I know for, for my therapist, he talked about limits. Like, is those conversations that you really have with your own clients as well? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I think, I think that's such a interesting kind of topic too, because nobody, (laughs) nobody knows their limits until they hit them. And so it's, (laughs) it's something that everybody kind of is just like, oh yeah, know your limits. It's such like almost kind of like a key buzzword almost, but it's like, okay, but what does that look like? And what does that mean? And for everybody it's different, you know? And I have the, probably the conversation on a daily basis of, you know, is, are the things that you're doing recharging you or are they taking away from you? Like, are they taking energy away from you or are they providing energy to you? And one of the things that I I like to use as an example for people is you come home from work and you sit down and you just turn on Netflix and you just binge watch whatever, but you're a zombie. You are not even engaging in it. You're on your phone, you're scrolling through social media, whatever. I said, either one of those things could be a form of self-care in that it is putting energy back into you if you are doing it with purpose. Most of us just sit down and we're just like, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to scroll my phone or we're, we're so addicted to the, the stuff that we just don't ever think about what we do. And so, you know, taking the moment to be all like, no, I am going to sit down and watch the show because this is my favorite show in the whole wide world. And I'm going to focus on it and not like focus on it, like focus on it, but enjoy it because most of the time, we get through things and we're like, I don't even know what I just watched. I just watched a whole episode or two of this show and I have to go back and rewatch them because I have no idea what just happened. And so I think it's taking a lot of real introspective views for ourselves and, and thinking back to ourselves. What are the things that I enjoy doing? What are the things that, I, that really fill me up? Um, what are the things that I don't like to do and why am I doing them? Um, why am I saying yes to people? It's, it's all, there's a lot of kind of introspection that goes with all of that things, but yeah, definitely knowing those limits is a huge one. Um, and like I said, you have to, you have to find that limit. (laughs) You have to hit it before you can be all like, Oh wait, that that's the limit right there. I'm not going to do that anymore. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and I will say, Jess, uh, I really liked your your answer when it came when it comes to that because, like, I completely agree with you when it comes to like your limits. You don't really realize that until like it hits you, you know. And I also agree. I also agree with like your other statement too when you're talking about watching a show, you know, or doing something to just recharge your battery. Like, are you on your phone while you're doing it, or are you distracted by something else while you're doing it? Like, you really just have to take a step back from everything, you know, to really just recharge our batteries, you know, because at the end of the day, like if you're not taking the time, like you said, like taking the time to really understand yourself, like you said, like something that I don't like and why do I continue to do something I don't like, you're going to continue to, it's like a snowball. It gets smaller and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and to the point where like we talked about before a burnout happens or you end up losing your cool over something, you know, that is something so small, you know. So Jess, I'm just really following you when it comes to those answers and stuff like that and I've really enjoyed talking about mental health so far. Um, and just continuing our conversation, I know you mentioned and have already given a lot of great advice when it comes and insight when it comes to like self-care and stuff. But let's say someone is struggling to really find themselves, you know, what is some additional advice that you can really give to them when they're, you know, just trying to find whether that's a career or trying to just start out trying to find themselves in their world. So like what's some like basic forms of self-care that you recommend for people to do? Yeah. So I actually really love this because one of my favorite things is to work with people who are at that moment where they're like, I know I need to do something with my life. I know I need to do something for myself, but I have no idea what that is anymore. Um, I work a lot with like moms and, uh, you know, entrepreneurs who are kind of like so focused on something outside of themselves that they lose themselves. And so it's this almost like rediscovery of what is, what are the things that really I enjoy doing and what, what does self-care look like for me? Cause that looks different for everybody. And so my first task with everybody is always make a list of things that you enjoy doing, like no shit things that you actually like to do. And that kind of like give you like a little like butterfly in your stomach, you know, like, Ooh, that sounds fun, you know? And then also make a list of things that sound like fun that you've always kind of wanted to do, but you haven't just done it yet. Like you haven't made the time to do it. So for example, I had somebody who was like, I really loved to roller skate when I was a kid. I'm like, so go get some freaking roller skates and like roller skate around your house. Like it doesn't have to be going, you don't have to make this complicated. Right. Um, and so starting with this list is really great because when we get into that moment where we're burned out and we're just like, just smoked and we don't know what to do, but we're in that space where we're like, I know I need to do something for myself, but I have no clue what to do. Now you have like a quick list of things to kind of choose from. And you can be like, Ooh, I do love to read. I'm going to go grab my book right now, get in my, get in bed and just read for a little bit and see what happens. Um, but if you don't have that, you're just going to revert back to scrolling on your phone or throwing on Netflix or something like that. And so that's where I always like to start people, like give these things that get, get this list down of things that you enjoy doing and start there. Um, but I always give, you know, my top kind of things that I enjoy doing. Uh, reading is a big thing for me. I love to take a salt bath. Bath bombs are probably my, my love language. Um, you know, cooking healthy meals for ourselves is always a good self-care uh, so is like making that appointment for the doctor that we've been putting off for six months or a year. Um, 
So kind of thinking outside the box on things that may not necessarily look like typical self-care, but also really do help us to be our best self. Yeah. And I will say that was a lot of some great advice as well. And and definitely a lot of things to really like decipher from, you know, Jess, like, like you mentioned when it comes to figuring out what is it that you do? Like, I really like that list idea. Um, I, I 10 out of 10 recommend the list idea. You jot down things that you do like, and then things that you really want to do, you know, that you haven't really done there, done that yet. I definitely think that's a great, like first exercise to really just help organize your thoughts that's going on in, in your brain. Because I, I don't know about you, but I know with anxieties, there's been moments in my life where I just have so many ideas or so many things just and my brain is just like ping ponging all over the place, you know, where it's just like, all right, like, let's sit down, let's prioritize this list, let's jot down things that we like, things that we don't like. So I 10 out of 10 recommend that just building off of your point, Jess. And then with that, you like you said, like, if you like roller skating, you don't have to go to a roller skating rink, you can just buy some roller skates and go around, you know, the block. Or if you like to read, like go read at like a library or go to like a park and read or connect with nature. I know for me, I like, I like to connect with nature. Um, But that's really cool to also though, for you, you even understood like your own things for you. Like that's a bath bomb, bath bomb for you. That's something that's good for you. Reading's also good for you. And for other people listening, maybe reading might be good for them. So, you know, like these are just all things, like you said, to really just build home, like understanding yourself at the end of the day, um, which is important because once you understand yourself, you know, then like we mentioned, like burnouts tend to happen less or won't happen at all. You're starting to have more patience when it comes to things and you're starting to be your more, your most productive self, you know? So I, I just want to say again, Jess, that was a really spot on answer. And I really think when it comes to mental health, we have had a really great conversation so far, um, but transitioning a little bit, I know you mentioned a lot about astrology and stuff. And I know that you are a Gemini. Um, Tell me real quick, when it comes to astrology, what really interests you about it? And how did you get started and really think about astrology overall? Yeah, so (laughs) it's really kind of interesting how I came came to astrology. Uh, I came to astrology later in life. Um, I was probably, oh gosh, like 35. 435 or so. And it was after having some like ridiculously bad relationships in my life that I would just was at that space where I'm like, what the F is wrong with me? And why do I keep doing this to myself? And um, there was a individual uh, locally here in my, in my area who did a class and it was called finding your soul self. And it literally was looking at your birth chart for the first time. And I sat down and she's going through all of these things. And of course, what happens when you have your, your birth chart read the first time, or you get your birth chart for the first time is you're like, okay, but what does that mean for me? And so like, it was just this constant, like, everything she said to me, I was like, that's not me. That's not me. That's not me. And then of course, like three years later, after I sat with it for a while, I was like, oh, that is me. (laughs) So there were things that I really didn't like about myself when I was the very first time I got into astrology, but really kind of having that space to reflect and have somebody kind of interpret some things for me, someone who didn't know me was really helpful for me to kind of start the reflection for myself of, okay, where am I at? What am I doing? Like, is this really me? Is this who I want to be? Is this who I used to be? And then 
go down that rabbit hole of understanding it more and more and more and more. And so it has been um, probably a good five to six years of studying astrology and learning it for myself and reading other people's charts and incorporating it into therapy. Whenever I have somebody who starts to kind of like express a little bit of the woo side, I'm like, Ooh, good. Like, let's look at your birth chart and, and go into that and talk about some of these things. Um, I don't know if I answered that quite your question or not, but I feel like I kind of did. <laughs> oh no, no, you did again. Like all my questions, like it's all, I kind of send just like questions, you know, and whatever you answer, I just build off of that, you know, and I will say like, that was another like spot on answer. Cause everybody with astrology, similar to when it comes to like mental health as well, you know, like they, they figure it out on different stages of their life. So there's no, there's no problem in discovering astrology later versus earlier. Like I know for me, I was, I was lucky during undergrad to meet some great people that were really into it. And like that really got me into it, you know, and, and stuff like that. So everybody has their own different story at the end of the day. So I definitely think you answered the question very, like very spot on and stuff. Um, but continuing a little bit, I know you mentioned like you had to learn a lot in like your previous relationships to really start that self-discovery process, you know, um, whatever you're comfortable sharing, that's, that's fine with me. Cause I know in your chart, like your Venus is in Gemini, you know, and, um, through that and obviously comes like, yeah. And it's also, yeah, retrograde and stuff as well. So I know with that, like comes some experiences, you know, so like, has there ever been times in relationships or what are some things that you've learned in your relationships to really help that self-discovery process? Yeah. So honestly, like, uh, Venus and Gemini was one of those things where she was telling me all about myself and like saying all of these like general, general kind of Venus and retrograde or not Venus and retrograde Venus and Gemini things. And I'm like, that is not me at all. I am like a serial monogamist. I don't like to date a lot. Like I don't, uh, most of my relationships have been super long-term and, um, long distance. And I was just like, that is not me at all. Everything that she was saying, you know, and come to find out like and realize later on well Venus was retrograde when I was born and that made so much sense for me just in terms of the self-discovery that I had to figure out for myself of loving myself with by myself without being in a relationship um and that was just so huge and that took me on such a journey of setting the boundaries with other individuals and like going out there and dating dating in your thirties is freaking ridiculous, you know, and having the ability to utilize that as a practice of setting boundaries and saying like, this is what I like about this person. Oh, wait, I don't like that part. Don't like that part about somebody, you know, and being able to really, I don't know that I would have had the same experience if I hadn't had that knowledge for myself of this is kind of what is going on, Jess, you know, like this is, you need to figure out what you're, what you like about yourself and you need to be okay with yourself before you can be okay in a relationship. And I was constantly trying to find that in outside of myself in relationships. And so I actually ended up using dating a lot more in my thirties, just very casually, like going on dates, talking to multiple people at one time, which is very G Venus and Gemini. And then being able to set that, those boundaries with these people and be like, nope, okay, you're, you're not the one for me. I'm going to let you go versus 
what I was doing was like seeing that person. And before we ever even met, sometimes I would be like in love in my head, married with three kids down the road, you know, and that was not helpful for me. So it was really learning how to be in the moment for myself um, and being okay with what is, as opposed to what I wanted it to be. Yeah. So that was my whole Venus retrograde. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Justin, I wanted to, (laughs) yeah, Justin, I wanted to say, uh, thank you again for sharing that story as well. I know when it comes to talking about a lot of like, you know, like self-discovery journeys and stuff that can definitely be a little bit intense at times, you know, um, but just building off of your answers, you know, I, I really liked how you really described like the differences between fantasies, you know, and like, real life expectations. I definitely think that is a point when it comes to relationships that we all need to sit back and just reflect, you know, and and learn to differentiate, hey, like this, I'm fantasizing here instead of like what's going on in like the real life. I know for myself and part of that is due to like my own family trauma. And also like, obviously, like you see Disney movies, you see Pixar movies, social media, people are posting like pictures of like romanticizing everything, you know, and with that though, creates a lot of fantasies, you know, and, and I definitely think that's something wherever we're are whenever you are dating in life whether that's your 20s 30s later in life you know like that's something that needs to be separated the differences between am are realizing like hey am i over fantasizing this relationship right now cuz obviously you want to have some things that you do want in a relationship like you got to understand what is what are some things that you like with yourself internally you know but it's also just like also with that, those realizing like, hey, like, is am I fantasizing here right now or am I is this like a real life, realistic expectation? Like, do you feel that same way or, or you get what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And expectations is probably the other thing that I talk about on a daily basis with people is we have these expectations in our head. And this is also why uh, kind of like my, <laughs> I guess, typical Gemini um, Venus form, I I have learned to kind of despise labels in terms of relationships. So like, you know, this is my boyfriend, this is my girlfriend, this is my husband, this is my partner. Like all of those labels come with a set of expectations that we have learned from growing up, from society, from all of these things, from TV, from movies, everything. And what happens is we focus so much on that the label and what that means that we fail to have the conversation with the other person as to what are they able to even do and provide for us? What are they capable of doing in a relationship? And so, you know, we have these expectations, but we never voice them. We never say this to the other person of, Hey, like now you're my boyfriend. I expect X, Y, Z from you. Um, so we're holding these people to this X, to this level, uh, and, and this, this mark that they can't ever meet because they don't know it's there. (laughs) And then we're disappointed when they don't meet it. And we're pissed because we're like, well, they didn't do this. Did they know that they were supposed to do this? Well, I don't know. They should just know how, how are they going to know? They don't read your mind. Can you read their mind? No. So it's like this whole labels, just talk labels is my opinion, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) Yeah, I, I completely agree. As I'm growing up now and as I'm starting to like study more psychology more, I definitely am realizing that too. Like when it comes to labels, like it, like when people get married, there comes like all these expectations, you know, and it's like, did you, like you said, Jess, like, did you actually have that conversation with your partner when it comes to, 
Like, what expectations do you expect in this situation, you know? Because, like, at the end of the day, communication is by far the number one thing in any relationship. You have to be able to communicate your feelings. You need to be able to communicate expectations. And I know it can be definitely difficult, especially when it comes to feelings and stuff, depending on the person and your own trauma. But like we talked about in our podcast, understanding yourself then you're able to understand yourself, your expectations, and then in relationships, you're able to communicate those expectations cleanly, clearly, and concise, you know, so that way you're, you're slowly growing and the people that you're around are growing as well and realizing things. So, Jess, I will say I've really enjoyed the relationship talk as well and just, just having a little fun to our conversation. Um, I always ask all my guests this question. So, let's say you're on a first date with somebody, right? And... Mm-hmm they do something that's like a turnoff for you. So like my question is obviously going to be like, what are some turnoffs for you that you wouldn't have a second date? Um, but for me, just to share my own personal uh, question for me, when I'm on a date with somebody, I used to do this. I used to hand in the aux score before I met my girlfriend. So I don't want people to think, oh, you're single now. Um, but before I met my girlfriend, I would hand people the aux cord. And depending on what music they played, that was like my test, you know? So like for you, Jess, <laughs> like, do you have like any test, you know, for, for your, for your dates, you know, or. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so this is actually pre a date. Um, and I, I honestly recommend this to particularly every female, but I think everyone should have this test, um, is to say no. So if somebody says, uh, Hey, are you free on Friday? Can, you know, should we have dinner? Or do you want to have dinner on Friday? You say, um, start off with at least one time, say, Uh, I'm not able to do Friday and see what their reaction is. Because if their reaction is to try to like coerce you, you already know that they're not going to respect your boundaries. If you have somebody who's like, okay, cool. Like how about Saturday? Like then, you know, okay, I can set boundaries with this person. They're going to respect them. That is like probably my number one tip for everyone in the dating realm is to really say no to somebody first. Um, But on a more on a more playful note, I think my I don't know if it's necessarily a test, but I definitely r- wait for people to kind of see how they react to other people. So if we go out to dinner, how are they how are they talking to the um, the waitress, or how do they interact with other people? Because I feel like that shows a lot of how they are in reality versus who they're trying to be when, you know, you first meet them. Cause every, you know, we always see the rising sign when you first meet somebody. Um, and it can be really hard to kind of see beyond that. And so I always kind of, am like trying to watch how are they acting to other people? What are they doing? Um, do they respect, are they just respectful in general? You know, um, do they get up from the table? I don't know. Like, I guess as a girl, I feel like I have a lot of different things that I'm looking for, but it's been a long time since I've been on a date. Uh, (laughs) No, yeah, it's all good. I I actually, I actually like that answer, you know, because like how they treat the staff, especially now, since we're in a pandemic, you know, and a lot of restaurants are short staff. I know for me on like a side thing, just to help pay for school and the bills, I do DoorDash and stuff. And I see a lot of people, voice frustration after if the if the restaurant people are, are telling them like hey like it's probably going to be a 25 30 minute wait we're short staffed like we've had a very long day we're, we're really busy for the amount of people that we can we can accommodate like some people act very angrily when it comes to that like you got to understand 
obviously like how you treat those people is important because how, if you're going to treat them like that, if things don't go well for us in our relationship, you know, are you going to treat me like that? Or are you going to be impatient like that to me? Yeah. So that's definitely something just that I, I, I really think is something good to have. And, and it's really good for people to, cause when, when you are in a date, you know, people tend to be like very like, like very like infatuated by the person, you know, like finally I'm on a date with somebody. I know I've felt that way sometimes in my, when I was dating and, and going on dates and stuff that like, you don't, if you really just sit back and observe, like how, how are they behaving here? That's definitely something that you should. And I always recommend people to do is just observe how the other person is treating others and don't be so infatuated by just being on a date with them. You know, that's definitely something that I've had to learn with over time and I've talked to a lot of friends about and stuff. And I, and as we're here in our conversation, I just wanted to just add that point to that. Uh, Jess, how do you feel about that? Is there anything else you'd like to add to that conversation? Yeah, I think you're right. Just in, in terms of, you know, being in the moment and like, can you be okay with what's happening in the moment versus like that fantasy of like, oh my gosh, now I'm like, this is my person, blah, 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 or whatever. Like what's going to happen next. And like, kind of like having the blinders on, um, it's really, it's really important to kind of take that step back and be like, hold on a second. Like, is this person actually like a good person or not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree, you know, and, uh, just continuing, I know I've really enjoyed our conversation so far. We talked a lot about relationships, mental health and work, and really just the spiritual journey, you know, and my next question, just building off of everything for yourself, Jess, I know you've mentioned a lot of self-discovery and obviously you're doing a lot of things. Um, when it comes to like your own work, where can everybody follow you on your own work and stuff? Cause I definitely think like being a therapist, you know, you gotta, you gotta have them clients, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, my Instagram and Facebook is both the Jess Acock. Uh, mm -hmm. I also have a website again, same thing, www.thejessacock.com. And, uh, those are the places that I am at most, uh, Instagram and, um, Facebook are probably where I spend a lot of my time. I do have a, a private group on Facebook, actually two different groups on Facebook. One is focused solely on safe, um, I'm sorry, self-care and just kind of like giving us that gentle reminder to take care of ourselves. And then another one is for, um, badass female entrepreneurs who are kind of like getting to the point where they might be hitting that burnout and just need that like preventative mental health aspect of like, Hey, don't forget to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and you're doing the right, you know, you're doing the thing for you that is going to help you with that balance. Um, and especially with our other helping professionals, you know, teachers, therapists, doctors, nurses who are really starting to kind of feel the pressure. Um, I invite them to join that as well. Um, and anyone, if they find me on Facebook, you can certainly send me a message and I'll get you the links and stuff to, to those specific groups. Yeah. Cause I, I know Jess, I know as you were like describing, like before, like we recorded the podcast, I know like you've done like a lot of links and stuff. So I just wanted to give you that opportunity to, uh, to share. Um, but for my last question, Jess, before we wrap everything up, I have all my guests, the website that I, that I Google, I just Google your sun and moon. So I know you're a Gemini sun with a Libra moon. Um, mm -hmm. So I know I just, I Google everybody's just sun and moon and the website is called the horoscope.co. I 10 out of 10 recommend it. If you just want to do like a little reading and you're just getting into the astrology and you're trying to find yourself. Um, but for you, Jess, I'm going to give your little reading. And once yes, I'm please. done, <laughs> 
And once I'm done, just let me know some thoughts that come to mind. So for you, you are a Gemini sun, Libra moon. So it says a compassionate personality. Luck, uh, lucky, the Gemini sun, Libra moon personality will have a lot to gain in life through optimism and positivity. But this doesn't mean that effort and concentration are not required. Positives for your sun and moon combination. Romantic, agile, and very diplomatic. Negatives can be cold at times and a little bit detached. Perfect partner, someone who offers them the chance to try new experiences. And word of advice for your sun and moon combination, they should be attentive to the kind of people they surround themselves with. So as I am giving your little reading, Jess, what are some thoughts that come to mind? I feel like that's so spot on. Um, so one of the things I've always struggled with is because I was born really like on the cusp of Gemini and Cancer, like I don't always feel a lot of the Gemini side of myself. Um, but hearing you kind of go through some of those things, like absolutely 100%. I, I definitely feel like I'm a very compassionate person, also very diplomatic. Like I tend to be the person who sees all sides of the story. And so while that can be really great, sometimes that's really annoying to people because I'm like, oh, but what about this? Okay. And I'm, I kind of always feel like I'm playing devil's advocate. Um, and then there was something at the end of that. I can't remember what it was though. Can you read the last little bit again? Maybe? Oh, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So the advice is says they should be attentive to the kind of people they surround themselves by. Yes, yes. And that feels so true for me. This is something that I'm working on really hard this year is kind of like fostering that community and who is around me and who is, who am I spending my time with and who am I kind of feeding on, so to speak, um, and providing uh, support to, because I feel like that is such a huge piece of how we feel and what we end up doing with our lives as well. You know, they say that, that you are the sum of the what five, five people you spend the most time with. And so how are we, are the people that we are surrounding ourselves with the people who are lifting us up and putting us into those spaces where we can grow or are they the ones who are kind of like holding us back, you know? So going back to our friends and our family are great, but sometimes they have this secret, like, not secret agenda, but they have this like subconscious thing for us and don't, we don't always get the support that we need from them. So branching out and getting to know people on a different level and different people and being able to really connect with other people than our, our small circle that we, we have. Um, and for me, you know, the pandemic and everything has been really helpful in that because it's allowed me to branch out to people beyond just my area. Um, and connect with people from all over the country and world. Um, so that's been really fantastic for me. So yeah, it's feels spot on. <laughs> Sounds good to me, Jess. And I will say I've really enjoyed our conversation. And I always like to mention before we end the podcast, all the links that you mentioned earlier will be in the show description as well for like your Facebook groups and everything. And, and I will say, Jess, I really enjoyed our time together. And please stay safe. Well, dude, thanks, Josh. I appreciate you having me.